Did you know the average fleet manager spends 100 hours a month managing toll? Get that time back by partnering with BestPass, the nation's leader in toll management. Learn more and visit bestpass.com or call 866-366-1426. Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a driver reaching freight waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road, whatever platform you use to listen. I'm joined once again by a close friend and industry partner, Max Farrell, co-founder and CEO of WordCount, a company solving one of the industry's greatest challenges, driver retention. Welcome back to the show, Max. Great to see you again. Always good to hang out with you, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I always love having you on the show, uh, certainly to catch up on what's going on in the industry, what you're seeing out there, how companies uh, continue uh, to adapt to a challenging environment. Uh, I want to make sure you have a chance to share with the audience exactly what WorkHound does uh, and how you do it. Uh, and I'd also like to get your take on Atri's uh, 2022 top industry issues where a number of driver-related concerns were highlighted. Uh, perhaps you can share what fleets can do to address those concerns, and then uh, hopefully you can provide some insight into you know pay trends that you're seeing as well, just how that's impacting recruiting and retention. And uh, if you have a crystal ball, perhaps you can share what you believe is on the horizon for 2023. And of course, we'll also answer a question submitted by a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that all work for you? Let's do it. Well, before we dive in, as you you and I chat about books a lot, you know, I'm I always like to ask, you know, any any recent books that you've read or anything you'd recommend for the audience? Yeah, the uh, you know, one of the the big things for for my reading, I always like to literally go to another planet and read science fiction. Um usually I'm I'm trying to take my mind away from from work and a book I read recently was uh, CS Lewis's Out of the Silent Planets. So it's a, a sci-fi book written in 1938 and uh, I didn't realize that it was written so long ago because some of the the concepts in there seem very modern day. And so it's wild to, to think that this person, this writer was thinking about some of the, uh, what the future would look like that far uh, in the past. So yeah, def that, that's my uh, most recent read. Interestingly, in the book, there may, there could have been a reference to Tesla. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there probably wasn't, but there could have been. Oh, you're, no, it was more about getting, it was, yeah, it was more about getting to Mars in, in that one. All right. Well, I'm saying just in terms of, uh, I mean, literally, like, I think it was what uh, it was around now is even earlier now, pre 1900s, um, when uh, Nikolai Tesla was, uh, you know, working on electricity and stuff like that. So, yeah, anyway. well, I mean, in, th in this book, in this book, they're able to take the concept of electricity and say, and somehow we're going to get to Mars. So that's pretty, pretty fascinating that there was yeah. that big of a leap. Well, very cool. Maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> maybe a hundred years later, a hundred years later, maybe we'll all be able to go. That's for sure. So, um, I, I do, I'm, you know, I'm curious, you know, just, you know, for those who want to learn more about you specifically, first of all, I'll, I'll say, uh, to refer to episode 53 of taking the higher road. That was from March of 2022, uh, podcast entitled retention is the new recruiting. We got into, into who is Max Farrell there, but this time I'd like to ask you to share with the audience, you know, what, WorkCount does exactly and, and how you're helping solve the big challenge the industry's plagued with. 
Yeah, um, certainly driver retention continues to be one of the, the top issues out there. Um, and so when we started WorkHound seven years ago, what we saw is that turnover is really high in this industry. And a lot of guys quit because they don't feel respected. They don't feel like they have a voice. And historically, the only options had been exit interviews or annual surveys. And that's either too late or too slow. And so with WorkHound, we built a real-time feedback loop to help companies catch and address issues at the speed of business, but do it where they can capture anonymous feedback, where they're getting honest insights that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Uh, and so what's, what's been really awesome about uh, our growth in the past seven years is that we've got over 75,000 uh, workers on, on the platform all across North America. Um, in uh, last year, we helped companies retain over 9,000 uh, drivers in, in trucking just by being proactive and addressing some of their issues. And I think one of the most fun things is watching companies start to really uh, create a culture of curiosity inside their business, where instead of having that mindset of, you know, things are the way they are, if the past three years have taught us anything, it's that change is the only constant. And uh, getting feedback from your people, taking uh, action on it, making changes and telling people what you did, it's creating fundamentally better businesses. Even last year, we saw a number of people on the the best fleets to drive for that we partner with. And it's, it's really rewarding to see companies become a better version of themselves. And it starts by listening to your people. That's a little bit about work count. I love, there's a lot of buzzwords there too, that are, that are relevant. You know, the, first of all, you know, real time feedback, I think is so critical because your point is uh, exit interviews. It's too late. If you're trying to find out what, what went wrong, it's, it's too late. You got to go way further upstream. And, and as you said, create that culture of curiosity uh, I love that. I'm I'm writing some of these things down. They are buzzwords, but they are legitimate. I mean, that's good stuff. And being proactive. I mean, that's obviously it's applicable in this situation when we're talking about you know your workforce, drivers, and so on. But you can that's that's relevant in in so many different facets of, of life. You know, just being proactive and uh, an ounce of prevention sort of thing. So um, I know that uh, you know you know driver reach and work count are, are Super compatible, right? Uh, we partner well together, share a common philosophy uh, around doing what's right, around helping to improve this uh, amazing trucking industry. But I do want to ask you a question, though. Um, another industry vendor, uh, the largest applicant tracking system in the space. I won't say their name, but this company actually sells direct access to the very drivers that their customers are trying to hire or have already hired. And it's something that the industry is largely unaware of, I think, just you know, but given the high driver turnover in the industry, I, that, that can't be helping. And so I guess my question to you is, do you believe that, you know, that actually the, the, what they're doing is actually exacerbating their customers uh, driver turnover or the industry's driver turnover? Because it is high. It is significant, as you pointed out. Yeah, I, it, it's 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 tricky, but I think it's really important for, for companies to partner with vendors or, or other software providers that mirror their own values. So, you know, you actually have to ask questions that uh, drivers would consider for their employer. You know, things like, does this company have my best interest at heart and are our incentives aligned? Are they actually going to help me achieve uh, the, uh, the business metrics that we need to achieve or not? Uh, you know, the other question that, that I think companies need to be asking is that in this really competitive environment, do we want a generalist that, that does a little bit of everything or, or a specialist? You know, I think about, you know, Walmart has dentists now at, uh, at some of their locations. And if you had a root canal, would you go to a Walmart to, uh, to, to get that done? Or would you go to a specialist that you know that's what, that's their zone of genius? 
Uh, and, uh, and so that's the question that the companies have to ask themselves, like, who are the specialists that can help with these really challenging issues inside your business? Especially knowing that for a lot of companies right now that we talk with, the cost to replace a driver at a carrier is 10000 and, and rising, especially for, for experienced specialized roles. Uh, and, uh, and so, again, specialization matters right now. And, uh, and the right uh, value alignment is really important. I might go to Walmart for root canal, half off the second root canal. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Right, right. Oh, oh yeah. root canal, you bring up awful memories. Um, I do want to switch gears on that because Atri, uh, you know, their top industry issues report, always a great resource for mm-hmm. uh, identifying the pain points of both the driver uh, as well as the motor carrier. And in uh, the most recent findings, drivers indicated that, you know, truck parking was their number one issue, followed by fuel prices, driver compensation, uh, detention and uh, delay time, and then speed limiters. You know, those are their top five. Mm-hmm. You know, those are issues that they're challenging, you know, for, for, you know, virtually all drivers. How can motor carriers you know, best position themselves to address these issues in order to you know, provide some relief to those turnover challenges they face? Yeah, you know, one of the first things that really stood out with the the Atri uh, trend r- report release was the the misalignment in in the top priorities between companies and and drivers. I think that was the most fascinating thing um, that uh, the companies had had their top five, and drivers were were very different. Um, so I think that's the first step: is how do we get aligned on solving the the, the problems that matter for each of us instead of being vastly different? Yeah, that was probably the most uh, fascinating takeaway from from that report um, but it's um, you know it really starts with understanding okay what are these top issues and then how is it impacting somebody being successful at our company uh, because you know sometimes there there's problems that drivers want solved like they say hey I'd rather have a purple truck instead of a red truck well as a company you can say hey purple trucks don't have as high resale value and also our company colors are red and white so we're not going to do a purple truck um, but in in the case of something like truck parking, well, as a company, let's figure out how is that actually impacting our ability to um, to, to serve our customers or, or get the drivers to make as much money as possible. Um, so that's that's one of the biggest things is making sure, okay, if these are the top issues, let's tie it back to our business and see how we can help these people be more successful. Well, and to your point, you know, the, the, the disparity between, you know, the motor carrier side and the driver side. What's interesting is what's always high on the motor carrier side is driver retention. And kind of to your point, if that is the case, then maybe you should pay attention to these issues over here and find ways to uh, address them. And uh, and driver compensation was on the list. And and I hear this all the time. There's no driver shortage. They're just not paid enough. And okay. Okay. I'll bite. Is, is simply increasing driver pay a silver bullet in reducing driver turnover? Oh man, I, I wish I wish there was a silver bullet out there. Um, but you know, pay is certainly a a complicated issue in in the industry. Uh, I think there is this this misconception that that the pay challenge in this industry is an amount issue, um, but really the the pay issue is uh, is a, around communication. It's people not understanding their pay or feeling like their pay is incorrect, uh, and also a volatility issue because there's a lot of inconsistency from week to week. A lot of the people that work in the, the offices inside these companies, they know what they're going to get in their paycheck every two weeks They're on salary. Um, but for a driver out there, it can vary wildly where, you know, to go from $300 one week to $2,000 the next week, that's maddening not only for that individual, but the person that they're sending the, the money back home to. 
Um, so those are some of the issues in, uh, in pay that, that need to be focused on. Um, and from an amount standpoint, yes, we all want more money, um, but making it more consistent and predictable, that'll go a really big way to, uh, to taking care of people. Yeah, that's funny. You know, as a former employer of, you know, about 500 full-time, part-time drivers at our peak, uh, that was over a decade ago. I was a huge proponent of a minimum, you know, guarantee. And uh, for that exact same reason, it, 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 it's straight, you know, it, it makes so much more predictable and, uh, and you can budget, you know, accordingly and so on. That didn't say that was what they were, the maximum they would get. It was just a minimum. It was a floor. Right. You were never going to make any less than that. And that was just, you know, something that was really important to me. And um, I know that I'm seeing more of that, but it is mm-hmm. not, I mean, I would think, why would anybody say no to that? I would think there are a lot of, there are some caveats and, you know, there's some, you know, things to you know put in place to ensure that that makes sense. But I'm just are there any, is that one of, or are maybe, can you share about other, you know, pay trends that you're, you're seeing in some of your most recent data? Yeah, the, I mean, there, there's a couple different things. So certainly guaranteed pay is, uh, is, is a big one. Um, the, uh, the other one is, um, is being able to, to simplify how you get paid, uh, because, you know, there, there's a world out there that some drivers live where they say, all right, you're going to get paid for every, this many cents per mile. But then they have to say, okay, is this household goods miles? Is this um, zip code to zip code mileage? So we're, we're creating complexities every step of the way. And then, then we add bonus structures in place where you get a fuel bonus or a safety bonus. But there's so many if this, then that scenarios in there. You truly need a spreadsheet to map out to somebody qualify. So we got to make things simple where it's, did you do the thing? You get the, you get the reward instead of making it overly complicated. Um, and, and that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges out there is just this overcomplication of, of pay. And I realize the supply chain is a complicated place and this is how we get paid as customers, uh, or how our, our customers pay us as a, as a trucking company, but that drivers don't care. They just want to get paid, make it easy for them. Well, it's, and it's not, it's not even just the, the cents per mile can be all over the place, but it's also what's the multiplier? <laughs> How many miles are we talking about? What are you bringing home every week? I think is what matters more than what's your cents per mile. That that that's only part of the equation, right? That's, that's yeah. only half at best. So no, I, yeah, that's a real that's a really good point. That it's uh, it's what is the the the, the take home at, at the end of the day, um, and also I, I think more and more we're seeing is this a desirable job, and mm-hmm. and especially in in the world that we're in right now. Is this a company that will support me through times of, of uncertainty? And those are the sorts of questions that are being asked right now. Well, I know uh, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but back when I was before I you know sold my previous company, when I was an employer, you know, you and I spoke, and uh, the person who was president of of my company talked to you know we knew how important you know engaging with our drivers was, and and how important retention was, and we made it we made a decision. At that time, I don't know. It sounds good, but we're going to do it ourselves, and we didn't. <laughs> so I say that because I'm sure you. This is some of the conversations that you have with people, and really, my question is just how important is it to actually get feedback? I mean, I realize you're biased, right? But, <laughs> but seriously, the best way to find out what the people want is to ask them. Yeah. And if we don't do that, you know, we're not getting feedback, and we're going to make some pretty serious assumptions that could be totally off. And so, you know, we did that. We made that mistake, uh, certainly regret it. But, 
Um, I'm just curious, you know, how how important is it to actually get feedback and then and then of course do something with it? So the you know, of course, you, you should start with why. Why should we even go through the act of of getting feedback? And like the reality of of the industry, especially in in uh, uncertain times, is that we're all fighting over a nickel. Um, you know, customers want the nickel. The uh, the trucking company wants wants the piece of it. And, you know, that's the margin that we're looking at. Drivers want a little bit more in pay. There's vendors to pay out. So everybody's always figuring out how to get their piece of it. But in actuality, we should be figuring out how do we maximize our our opportunity. What are the percentage points where we can improve? And your front lines will tell you. And that's the value of feedback out there. It's it's really being able to say, how do we get just a little bit better as a company when the margins are thin? Let's go start by listening to our people and seeing what what opportunities are out there on, on the front lines to be better. Because there are a lot of really great ideas that drivers will bring to the table if they have an avenue to to share. And so I think that's the, the first thing about the, the power of feedback. But getting feedback's good, doing something about it is better. And telling people what you did, that's the, the cherry on the Sunday. And, uh, and so that's the, the latter pieces are the hardest, you know, because getting feedback is really easy. You can use Google Forms, you can use SurveyMonkey, you can do a, a physical suggestion box. But the really hard thing is understanding what's being said and doing something about it. And that's, again, where specialists come into play to be able to say, we have partners that really help us sink our teeth in understanding the, the challenges that's existing in our workforce, but also the opportunities where we can build a way better business. And that's the opportunity ahead for companies going into 2023. It's, you know, yes, there are companies that are, that are uncertain about the road ahead, but let's go double down on, on how we take care of our people and figure out how to improve the workflow so that we are that company of choice through 2023 and set a really strong foundation for the end of the year and beyond. Well, a few things you said, definitely all about the why, because it's not just about going through a motion of getting that feedback. Yeah. That's, that you're better probably not even doing that at all versus doing that and then doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. But communication is so much at stake here. I mean, that's, that's a, at the heart of it, right? It's, it's communicating, getting feedback. And then, like you said, communicating back. And I love how you said you, you use the term maximize. And, um, I don't know if you, Say that you should start saying that all the time, Max. That's just cool. <laughs> so uh, no, noted. But, <laughs> now this might be a good opportunity to segue to our uh, deeper dive question with a, a few minutes left here. Um, as you know, uh, deeper dive questions are submitted by one of our listeners, and the question is, and I chose one that was related to retention since I knew uh, you were on the show. How do mm-hmm. I convince my boss that investing in a driver retention strategy? Is the equivalent of an ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure? Oh, goodness. Uh, it, it does start with, um, you have to do a combination of, of left brain and right brain convincing, you know, because the left brain is all about the, uh, the, the numbers. Uh, and then the right brain is all about the, the feeling. And so you know, on the left brain side of things, you do have to come analytical to say, here's how much this problem is costing us. Here's our turnover rate. Here's the cost to replace. Um, but then look at some some metrics that tr- tie back to uh, the the cost of an empty truck or or the cost of missed revenue per per truck per day, um, even tying to average tenure and and measuring some of the data points like that to say here's where we're at. Like let's look at what we can do if we can hold on to some 
uh, our, our people and increase our average tenure um, in the fleet by seven days, 14 days, 21 days. You know, those, again, percentage points make a tremendous amount of difference. So that's the left brain. And then the, the right brain is that, um, you know, again, going back to the culture of curiosity, um, are, are we uh, saying, you know, this is, this is the way things are as a business? Or are we approaching things and saying, how might we approach our business differently? And the only way to do that is to go solicit feedback and figure out how do we approach it. And uh, again, being a company that's, that's changing in a time where you have to change if you want to exist as a business is, is really powerful. So I'd say that's the, the one-two punch. Come with the data, come with the metrics, and then also share the journey to say, here's what we can look like if, uh, if we're listening to our people and, and building a more collaborative company. Well, and, and you've probably got great, well said, and you've probably got good, uh, you know, testimonials or case studies from people who can say, you kind of show some before and after to, to maybe affirm um, what, you know, results they can expect if they, if they really embrace uh, that ounce of prevention. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the companies that was, was really rewarding to watch their journey was USA Truck. You know, they, they got acquired this year, but uh, USA Truck, when we partnered with them, they were uh, not looked upon highly by by Wall Street. Their stock value was really low, and uh, you know their their stock value when they got acquired, I believe, shot up, gosh, seven to ten x by from from the time us partnering together. Now, WorkCount was not the sole reason they did well. We were a small piece of the puzzle, but we were a big part of their cultural shift. And it started by saying, again, we want to have a culture of curiosity. We need to be really bought bought in and absorbed into what our drivers are wishing and wanting and thinking and feeling and be committed to being better. Because if we take care of them, then we can take better care of our customers and build a more profitable business. And they did it. Uh, and they reduced their turnover 50% in the process. So um, yeah, that's definitely one of those success stories that, that we're certainly proud to be a part of and proud to still partner with that, uh, that group. Uh, before we go, could you share with the audience how best they can find you uh, online? And I assume on your website, they'll also be able to find case studies like this. Definitely. Other, yeah, just, other reports that you uh, provide. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we uh, we pride ourselves on on success stories. You know, that's that's one of the things that's been in our DNA from day one is that we don't want to just share about somebody that we work with. We want to share about somebody that's improved their business as a result of partnering with, with WorkHound. And it's as simple as just going into a search bar, typing in WorkHound. If you want to go to the website, it's WorkHound.com. Uh, our team is certainly active on, on LinkedIn and uh, would love to interact with you there. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we have a number of, of uh, case studies and success stories out there. If you're curious just about how you can bring some of this narrative to your company, please check out our blog. We have some really great content focused there. Uh, but again, it's, uh, it's been a, a true joy to, uh, to, to play a role in watching this industry become a better version of itself. Well, Max, thank you uh, so much for joining us today. Wish you a very prosperous 2023. Hey, thank you so much. You too, Jeremy. I always appreciate it. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Now, remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.